Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. It's week 13. Oh my gosh. I feel like we have been doing this show for a really long time. So you know what I went and did? What? I added the information to my LinkedIn profile saying that I am a host of this show. I should totally do that. You know, I just I just wanted it to be updated. But you know what happens? I it's been a really long time since I've updated my LinkedIn profile. What happens is everybody gets an email saying that you need to be congratulated because now you're something different. Oh, really? Yeah, so now I'm a radio host apparently. <laughs> Radio host from a fort (laughs) doing Friends with Elephants with you. But uh, I'm getting a lot of people saying, hey, you're a radio host now. That's awesome. Congratulations. It's been, you know, 12 years working in radio and now you're a host. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, I still go to go to my job and do other things at the radio station. But you do work in, you're still in radio. Now you're in radio times two in a lot of ways. Podcast radio and radio radio. That's exactly it. I really wanted to get into podcasting because of my history in radio. I like it. I think that is very smart. And I am also going to change my LinkedIn profile and I'm going to be very curious to see what comes up. Well, I have to tell you that I was in my corporate gal today uh, just looking at who was invited to a meeting that I have to go to. And there was another Ivana Stoyanovich. Yeah, you totally. Okay, so earlier today, Jay sends me this email with like a privacy included sort of uh, screenshot where like I saw that this girl's name was Ivana Stoyanovich, but nothing else. Right. I blocked it out, you know, corporately and all. But I wanted you to know that there was another and Ivana wait, wait, wait. in my life, clearly. You're going to a meeting with this Ivana? Oh, I'll be at a meeting with this Ivana. When? I believe in two weeks. I hate her already. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm... Hate's a strong word. Yeah, I hate this other Ivana Stoyanovich. But... How dare she have my identity? She just has your name. Isn't I, that a... I realize that my name is the Jennifer Smith of Serbia. Oh, is that true? Yeah, like literally everyone is named Ivana Stojanovic. Oh my, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm not Serbian, so I had no idea that was true. Yeah, no, I'm like the Jennifer Smith of Serbia. But here in Canada, I'm unique. You are very unique. And Blake once had an Ivana Stojanovic in his Ultimate Frisbee team, and I hated her too. So wait a minute, there is more than just... These two. Oh, I'm sure there's tons. In Canada. I, yeah. There's oh, a lot. Oh, Whenever sorry. I try to get a Gmail name or an anything, like, it totally doesn't work. And But I have animosity against these girls. Like, immediately upon, so you're going to be in a meeting with her? Yes. Oh, my God. I may say words to her. I need to hear everything, and I hope you hate her. <laughs> you know what? I, I mean, I run into the same – I'm basically John Smith yeah, on the internet. that's true. You, it's very difficult to find me online, which is a, both a blessing and a curse. I understand So this. what – okay, so what do you do when you come upon other Jay Kennedys? That's why on Twitter and everywhere I'm Jester Jay because when I started going by Jester Jay, I was doing a radio show in college, and that – was the Jester J show. Um, and keeping that Jester J-ness has been very vital to my overall internet success. Yeah, I would Which agree. is not a lot of success. No, it's huge <laughs> success. But what I'm very easy to find by Jester J. Yes, you are, um, yeah. 
And I, I like that a lot, obviously. But I don't actually have animosity towards the hundreds of thousands of other J Kennedys. Not to mention J as in the initial Kennedy. So wait, hold on. Like, so have you ever come across another J Kennedy in your life? Like, where, like, what if... What if Becky I, came I home have. one night from work and she's like, oh, they, we hired this new guy, Jay Kennedy. Wouldn't you immediately be like, damn you, Jay. I, yes, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, damn <laughs> him. There could only be one Jay Kennedy in Becky's life. That's, and in yours. Yes, I uh, agree. Okay, I will totally not even look at this person. Time for Nerd Battle. A nerd battle. And this time we're taking on the Whedon verses. I can't, I, first of all, how did it take 13 weeks for us to get to this nerd battle? I think we have to really quickly explain for somebody who may not be as geeky as us, the Whedonverse is a specific universe created by Joss Whedon. And he has done a whole bunch of universes from Buffy to Angel to Dollhouse to Firefly. Uh, expanding into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers. There's a lot of different universes that Joss Whedon has had a hand in playing with. And Toy Story. And Toy Story, of yep. course. So, today's nerd battle. What is the best Whedonverse? Of them. Oh, I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me. I'm asking you. Oh, the best Whedonverse is Dollhouse. The best Whedonverse has got to be Firefly. Firefly is amazing, but it's... It's not his best universe. It is. It's so rooted in a future that could happen. Here's a universe that's been divided by civil war. Our heroes literally are the people who fought a government that they didn't believe in and they lost. So right away you start with these incredible characters who lost what they believed in. So the alternative? Fly around space, avoiding the alliance who won. See, I think that that's what makes Dollhouse that much better is Dollhouse is like 20 years away from where we are now. The Dollhouse universe is the is very kind of what we're living in in some ways today, just taken a few steps farther, like any good sort of dystopian society. It, basically, it's our world, but the difference is that you can sell yourself to this corporation – and you get yourself downloaded onto a hard drive, basically, and they then can upload new memories and personalities and abilities into your body and brain, and they own you for five years, and then you come out of it, and you're like a millionaire. But during those five years, like, it's all about corporate greed, and you have basically sold yourself to this big corporation that sells you for whatever. But at the end of every episode... Echo gets wiped, okay? So, yes, it's very close to what could happen in a very close future to the real world. But that's why I'm picking Firefly. Our characters have a rich background. Echo doesn't have really a background that we can find because she gets wiped Every episode. Yeah, but that is, like, the question here is which is the best universe, not which is the best characters. The reason why uh, Dollhouse is able to be a series is that Echo holds on to some of her, like, wiping each and every time. She has memories from it. It is a small, contained, corporate universe. Are you kidding when me? You get expans- the apocalypse. Let me explain. When you get to an expansive universe... Like the one in Firefly, not only are you seeing 
our lovable characters of Mal and Zoe and Wash, but you're also getting River and Simon, who grew up with the Alliance being, this is my privileged existence. This is what we fought for and won. And then the Alliance goes after River, changes her, and they get sucked into this other world that they are totally unaware of. The reason this expands the universe and makes it so much better is because their decision to live in space and live off-world, it makes every character suffer so much. They, where they can do di business in this universe with certain people because the alliance is there. Um, can we take this job? Are we going to be able to eat? Dollhouse, it is too contained. It is, it literally, I feel like Dollhouse happens and, and the apocalypse that happens from Dollhouse basically can easily transform into the universe of Firefly in the future. I think maybe the conversation is we're heading towards a Dollhouse universe and apocalypse now and Firefly comes next. I know, that's what, it's basically like that. Okay, well maybe we're both right. Oh, I just, I love you. I know, we, I know we didn't really get into this as much as we should have. I will say this. I do want to mention quickly, there's been a lot of Joss Whedon hate lately. There has been a lot of Joss Whedon hate because of some choices that he makes with, with Black Widow in Age of Ultron. I know. I, I'm aware of everything that is going on in the universe, but I just want to say that, like, Joss Whedon is the feminist, and you cannot get angry at him for being anti woman because he if anyone has well, he's, done so he's much he's not anti-woman in this in this uh film i believe wholeheartedly that he makes a couple of references tony makes a joke that tony stark would make and that's why it was written and it was probably offside but tony stark makes but tony offside stark jokes. makes offside jokes but Everything that pertains to Black Widow, he did not neuter Black Widow. He made her more human, which I think is what the point of Age of Ultron actually is. Tony is uh, Tony is fallible. Hawkeye, he is a lovable man. Black Widow can have feelings. These are things that are not pertaining to all superheroes. They're pertaining to humanity. And Joss can get to that because that's who Joss writes. So tell us what your favorite Whedonverse is. Is it one of ours? Or maybe it's a different universe altogether that we didn't even go down. Um, yeah, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. That would have been awesome too. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, I vote Dr. Horrible in the next Avengers movie. <laughs> really fun article that I read this week says that universal theme park attractions are going to, or at least in talks to, set up a Nintendo theme park. Oh my god, that's amazing. So uh, that means that Mario could be coming to a theme park near you. I love it. Could you imagine a roller coaster of Rainbow Road? Oh, what about uh, what about that Luigi's Haunted Mansion? Oh my god, that would be so fun. Or you could get or like Bowser's a, Castle. Oh my gosh, or you know, an immersive Mario Kart. Yeah, like because Universal Studios, I will say, is my favorite of all of the theme park companies. Oh, okay. They do the best. So I, I mean, I haven't been to everything in the world, but I've been to one from the Cedar Point or whatever they're called, Cedar something company. Yes. I've been to Disney. 
Okay. And I've been to Universal Studios and by far Universal Studios was the Actually, best. you know what? You're right. When I was 18, I went to Universal Studios in Florida and we rode the Jaws ride like a hundred times. I loved Universal Studios. For a movie geek like me, and if you're following me on Twitter at Jester J, you know all I tweet about. All the time is movies. Yeah. Uh, so living my little life in Universal Studios was a dream. The E.T. ride. I remember like it was like the craziest long ride and we went all the way to the children's area to do the E.T. ride just to do the E.T. ride. Just the lineup. I was like I could be in here forever. I would be happy. I think if we may- waited maybe 45 minutes to ride that ride. And I was like totally cool with it because you were inside – but it, there were giant trees like you were in an old forest and there was mist in the air and you could touch the trees and they felt really real. And, and when you left, E.T. said your name. I know. <laughs> it was amazing. Like it was just – it was incredible. The, the Everything about that ride, I think Universal Studios understands what it means to think about the details. And I think they really could nail it with – Kind of a Super Mario Brothers theme park where you walk in and, oh, my gosh, there's all these blocks everywhere. And you can jump up and you can hit them. Nothing's going to happen, I'm assuming, but you can still live Oh, my God. How amazing would it be, life. though, if it, if it was kind of like you could probably allow that hitting of things. And sometimes if you hit things, like they would be set on timers. Every, mm-hmm. like, however many, if you're the lucky hit a coin pops out that lets you do a, a ride bypass or something. Oh, that would be so cool. All of a sudden you start hearing... Okay, what would be... If you ha- could create one ride, any ride, any um, of the overall Nintendo Universe games... What would be your ride? What would be your game? You know this about me, but our audience doesn't. I don't like roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. <laughs> I used to love them when I was a kid, and then somebody made me go on way too many. I tried to battle this fear recently, and it did not go great. <laughs> um, if I had to have a ride, I think I would want like a Donkey Kong Country ride where you you get in a, a machine that moves and you get a screen and it's kind of doing that barrel jumping yeah. and you're riding – you're as Diddy riding on the back of Donkey Kong. Oh, my God. That's so Something cool. like that. And the jumps – you feel the weightlessness of a jump. Yeah. I would like – a giant screen with one of those kind of rides. And I think I'd like Donkey Kong Country because I played that game a lot when I was a kid. And I think it'd be really cool if they created something kind of like that, but it was for Mario Kart racing. Oh, yeah. And you could go literally against the other people and like... But you're in your own little Mario Kart cart that's not actually going anywhere, but it feels like you're moving and it feels like you're driving and you have a 360 view around you of all the other people. And so, like, and if you, you get, get to control the car on yeah, where to go. You totally control the car. And if someone hits you, you feel it, but it's like they're not actually hitting you. So it's all very safe and controlled. I'm sure they could build that. You know what? They could also build an actual video game system, like an Oculus Rift. Where you pop that on your head and play a round of Super Mario Brothers as Super Mario with the Oculus Rift on. So while you're moving and you jump. Oh, now that would be, that would be special. That would be freaking amazing. It's got to be coming. Thank you so much Universal Studios and Nintendo for uh, 
collaborating on this. We have full faith that it's going to be a worthwhile excursion. We're going to have to go. You know what? You guys should, when you open your theme park, invite Jay and I and we'll we do will a review it. Yeah, we'll, we'll record ourselves doing all the rides. It'll be, and then we'll edit it together into something entertaining. Please. <laughs> Mary Do Ditch. Personal favorite TV character edition. Yeah, that's right. We're hitting season finales on TV, and I thought it would be a fun one that we did our own personal favorites of all-time TV characters. I think this is the hardest Mary Do Ditch that I've had to pick because I, I literally I started by being like, okay, what's all my favorite shows? Who are my favorite female characters from these shows? And then I got. You are such a TV person. If this was your favorite movie characters, I would be dead in the water. But you are such a TV person. Yeah. So I can understand. For me, it was easy. So you're ready for yours? I'm ready. Let's start right off the bat Barney Stinson. Okay. Moving on to Pacey Witter from Dawson's Creek. Mm hmm. Joshua Jackson. Gotta love that guy. And third from Firefly, Malcolm Reynolds. Mal, our Captain Nathan Fillion. All right. This one actually I think is actually kind of easy. Okay. I'm ditching Barney. Oh, why Barney? He has slept with too many women. Ah. And I don't know that he, I, I just, I, I, he's. What is that? That's, that's some sort of racism. Yeah, that is. That's slut racism. Ah. Man slut racism. But it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it's like, uh, He's too about the sex, and he's too about scoring and moving on, and I don't know that I would trust that it would be, like, worthwhile. Okay. So I'm ditching him. So then we have Pacey and Mal. Yeah. This is actually a lot harder because I really like both those characters. Um, But I think... They're almost the same character, except one's in space. I think I'm going to marry Mal... Because he is the grown-up version of Pacey. He's like Pacey, but now he understands responsibility. And if we're going to get married and spend our life together, I, that that's a key aspect. He's probably going to want you to spend your life in space. Right, of course. Okay, just checking. I want to go on space adventures. I, I just am checking with you. And uh, Pacey will be the person who I will do. I always had a massive crush on Pacey. I never even understood. Now, James Vanderbeek is amazing, but... Dawson from Dawson's Creek, I hated that character. Really? Yeah, like I thought I everything about him bothered me. Now I realize that he is not Dawson. He he's just He's awesome. He's an amazing actor who did a really good job portraying this awful character Dawson, but I never liked Dawson. I always liked Pacey. Okay, well, I am going to uh I'm going to marry Pacey Witter. Okay. And I am going to do, I'm going to do Malcolm Reynolds because I, I want to have sex on a spaceship. That'll be interesting. Uh, Barney, you're right. He, out of the three of them, he's the just, three of them, he doesn't just, stack up. As a character, I just can't. I can't give it up to, to Barney in any way. But Pacey, definitely. I mean, you know, he is going to make some good food for me and... And he's sweet. He's He's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's really sweet. That's why at the end, by the way, I never said this before, but spoilers for the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pacey ends up with Joey at the end because he's sweet and he's likable and he's not Dawson. 
Exactly. Because nobody likes Dawson. That's James right. Vanderbeek, totally different story. He's awesome. Awesome. Who are yours? Okay. So I just want to prelude this with, like, I thought about Buffy. I thought about Elaine Bennis. I thought about Catherine Janeway. I thought about a bazillion amazing characters on the TV universe. And in the end, the ones that I picked, it's not because they are the number one, my number one favorite female characters. It's that I thought of my favorites, I thought this would make an, an interesting threesome. Okay. Okay. That was a really roundabout way of saying here are your three. Yeah. <laughs> Peggy Bundy. Uh, again? Yep. Uh, Bones. Oh. And Amy Pond. Marrying Amy Pond. A hundred percent. That redhead is coming home with me. She is, and she's feisty. I love Amy Pond. Mm-hmm. She is my favorite of all the Doctor Who girls. I agree. Or companions. I agree. Um, okay, so Bones or Peggy? Mm-hmm. Well, I've said it before. I, Peggy never did it for me, and she was always whiny and wants my money. I am kicking her to the curb. So Bones, we got to have a little hookup, and maybe you can tell me some really creepy things about a last discovery at a crime scene. Yeah, well, also, I have a feeling that Bones would be the best at sex. Over Amy Pond? Yeah. Why? Well, first of all, she's really smart. Sure. And I feel like, and she's not, she's uninhibited. She doesn't have any sexual hang-ups. She's willing to try anything. She is super adventurous. She's not afraid of gross stuff. She is, um, also, I feel like the show kind of alludes to that librarian's sexuality. So my question is, are you doing or marrying her? I'm going to marry her. Oh! I'm marrying her because also she's a published author of a fiction series. She can take care of us as a lesbian couple raising a baby um, because she still has that baby, right? Right. With – and and I just feel like she would be – Wait, she's a lesbian at the end of the show? No, 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 no. She's with um, Booth. Agent Booth. Yeah, but we're talking – so when did this she, lesbianism come Well, out? if I'm marrying her, she's turning into a lesbian. Oh, my gosh. I'm the worst. <laughs> of course. Um, And then – Spoilers, everybody. So many spoilers. Amy Pond I'm definitely doing because she's fucking oh. amazing. And she's, like, feisty and fun. And if you haven't seen Doctor Who, why? Why have you not watched this series? I will say this. I do have one small beef with Doctor Who, and it's that you get really attached to the like the specific Doctor and the specific companion, and then they up and change it, and it takes a little bit to get over that pain of losing I the other one. I took zero seconds, zero seconds to get used to Amy Pond. I agree, actually. Amy Pond was brilliant, but uh, I, I, David Tennant was difficult to leave behind, and I still haven't quite gotten on board with Clara. I know. Like, the the loss of Amy Pond really hit me. Okay, that's a, those are all good points. So that means you also are kicking Peggy to the curb. I am. She just doesn't stack up to these other women. You're right. She doesn't. Sorry, Peggy. All right. It's movie time. And we asked you to watch Sharknado 2. And... I don't know about you. We haven't actually discussed this movie at all, but I am so sorry. 
<laughs> that we made you watch Sharknado 2. I, okay, so I watched because I had uh, a little bit of a week of bed rest this past week. Um, and so I actually took it upon myself to watch both Sharknados back to back. Oh, man. And what was that like? The second one is better than the first one. Oh, really? Okay. I I really had a hard time getting through Sharknado 2. I knew it was tongue-in-cheek. It didn't take itself seriously. But just sitting through cameo after cameo, knowing a terrible CGI death was awaiting almost everyone. The Will Wheaton cameo pissed me off. Oh, I was so angry. What You get someone like Will Wheaton in your movie, you don't give him any story and you kill him off in an airplane? I don't even know if You're he had any lines. You're the worst. He had no lines. He was honestly one of the best things in that movie you, and you killed him. You gave more to Jared the subway guy. <laughs> Brutal. Why would you have Jared the subway guy in a movie? So you can kill him. Still, I, I will. I will say the the was it Vivica Fox? Is Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, who looked awful. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit of a shock. I will admit. I agree. But I I think that it. I think really at the end of the day, it's, it was her plastic surgery choices and the hair. What did you think of Tara Reid in this film? Um. <laughs> The same as always. She's always subpar. So in the very beginning of the film, Tara Reid almost falls out of an airplane. She holds on while being sucked out and someone throws her a gun? And so a shark is coming at her from the Sharknado. If you don't know what a Sharknado is or you missed it, it's a tornado that is filled with sharks. And then the sharks, out of water... Land on you and kill you. Teeth coming at you at like 100 miles per hour. So, of course, what's going to save you is shooting a gun at this one ton, 100 mile per hour face of teeth. And that's not what happened. Did not save her. She loses her hand in the first, like, five minutes of the film. And then you knew that there was going to be an army of darkness-like ash thing at the end. She puts a buzzsaw on her hand. And she uses that to rip through sharks. Because <laughs> the buzzsaw is going to do but it. But it's not a chainsaw. It's a buzzsaw. It's saw. like a little circular saw <laughs> now on her hand. Now, I don't, I've never seen a great white shark up close, but I will tell you this. You aren't cutting through a shark. With a handsaw. With saw. a handsaw. <laughs> yeah. This movie is ridiculous. The, there, it's not like it's not the worst ba- movie in the world because it knows how bad it is. But I'm getting tired of that. Ivana, I am getting tired of movies going, we're going to be a bad movie. Watch this movie that we're going to basically make fun of. I miss watching like in the 80s, there was like Hard Ticket to Hawaii and other films like that that didn't realize they were bad. And it made it so much more fun. Yeah. No, you you are right. There, There is that innocence is lost. And so those jokes are not as funny as they would be. Right. They are trying very hard. And the worst part is I think that the thing about those movies that needs to be like that I liked about things like Hard Ticket to Hawaii and stuff like that is like the actors are trying to do the best with shitty lines. 
and not hemming it up. And I think that's the difference. I agree. Uh, just to scoot us along, this weekend Pitch Perfect 2 is coming out, so I thought we should watch for our next cast an Anna Kendrick movie. And I'm taking us back to before she was huge and she was just a supporting character in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yay! One of my favorites. Is it one of your favorites? Blake, I feel like, ruined that movie for me. What? Blake? Blake, I know you're listening. Blake, I know you are outside the door. How could you ruin that film for Ivana? You know, so I was so excited. We watched it in movie theaters, and he was so upset, and he spent the whole time being like, (sighs) and it ruined the movie. But I, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it for my fourth or fifth time. Good. And, and I will watch it alone. Please do. Without him. Awesome. Damn so you, Blake. next time, Scott Pilgrim vs. <laughs> the World, Curses to Blake. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another Advice Corner. We went to Reddit once again because we just keep finding gold and people to help. I love Reddit Advice Corner. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, that's literally what it is now. So the Reddit Advice Corner. I got to change it in my notes. <laughs> um, we found Gordy Man. Mm-hmm. Who has actually a pretty serious concern. He's asking, I want to drop out of college, should I? And this is what he writes. I have deep, serious questions about myself and society. And I do not receive those answers in school. Neither the social nor the academic aspects of being in college appeal to me. Should I drop out? And I think both Ivana and I, as your surrogate mother and father, are going to have Totally opposite advice for this one. So I think you need to go first because I have some strong opinions. I had a crisis of faith when I was in college and I left college. I did basically nothing except stand up, write, and work part time jobs for two years. And everything did turn out okay. So if you're thinking things aren't going to work out, I think they will. However, if I had a do-over, I'd probably stay back. But it sounds like you hate it there. And you should never be in a place you hate. I don't know if you should drop out, but you should check with somebody about your options if you can take some time off. I think that you should consider transferring schools. Altogether. Yeah, or like doing um, a semester abroad or something like that. Um, I, I know that I'm one of the few lucky people in the world in that I have a calling and I go for my calling and that is of course acting and performing and now it's even escalated to producing and doing this podcast and all sorts of things but very much in this world of media it is that that helps to keep me going throughout the days and I've always known what I wanted to do so it was a little bit easier in college but I know lots of people who maybe didn't know what they wanted to do and that time I definitely did not and, and that time of your life is so hard because everyone around you is saying, okay, you're in college to prepare yourself for your next stage in life. But I'm telling you, honestly, I don't think it gets better than college. Like, it's like the best in your life. You are never going to have less responsibility and more uh, freedom to make your own decisions in your life ever again. As soon as college ends... Um, the responsibility starts to rack up. And so it's a very small moment in your life that 
is very freeing in some ways. You mentioned that you live at home still. I think that that is probably part of it because while you live at home, that freedom is not quite as much where if you have the luck to be able to go away to a university or maybe even do a semester abroad, then you are able to experience things on your own a little bit more. Taking a little bit of time away is a great way to establish what you do want. Honestly, you're not going to find anything better than college for getting what you want. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of the only game in town. You'll figure it out. And in the end, no matter what, you're going to be fine. I hope Gordy Mann, uh, we've helped you out. Gordy wow. Mann, keep in touch. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll have another show for you on Monday. If you'd like to reach out in the meantime, you can check us out at friendselephants.com. Or Facebook at Friends Elephants. Or email us, friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. And please, please take a moment out of your day. Rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud or however it is you're listening. Reach out to us. We really want to hear from you. And we really want to get your feedback. Absolutely. And next week, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I am so excited. Me too. Okay. It is hot in here. It's time to go. <laughs> All right. Got to get out of this closet slash fort slash what is this pole sticking up holding our tent up? It's a weight. It's a weight. All right. Let's get <laughs> out of here. Free.